Welcome along to All About Ours, QPR's official podcast, and I'm delighted this afternoon to be joined by not one Andy, but two. Firstly, I'm joined by Club Ambassador Andy Sinton. Andy, thanks very much for joining us this afternoon. And I'm also joined by QPR Trust CEO Andy Evans. Andy, thanks to you as well for joining us as we look ahead to, of course, the QPR Community Day this coming weekend against Cardiff City here at Kind Prince Foundation Stadium. As well as that, we've got two big QPR fans now, a lifelong QPR fan and someone who's become a QPR fan over the course of his life. So we'll be talking about the form so far for Rangers. It was an incredible 2021 and an exceptional start to 2022. More recently, some difficult results. We'll be reflecting on all of that and also telling you what to expect from QPR Community Day. Before I move on, let's get some housekeeping out of the way. All About Ours is available on YouTube, SoundCloud and Spotify channels, so plenty of opportunities to get your QPR fix. Andy Sinton, I'll come to you first of all. Um, I think it's natural in, in football just to reflect on the last result, so it, it's harder to look back on 2022 as a whole, but in terms of the mood right now what would you say that the mood is at the moment obviously we're on the back of a, a disappointing result against Blackburn that, that narrow defeat but Mark Warburton said afterwards that well he, he was very honest he said he takes responsibility he said perhaps he should have made some changes because of the the nature of the the game on the Wednesday night down to 10 men with that incredible 2-1 win against Blackpool but obviously a few of the lads the manager said were, were leggy afterwards because they put so much work into getting that incredible three points against the Seasiders. You were at Ewood Park. You got up nice and early to see it. What was your overriding thought? Uh, exactly what Mark said, Paul. Um, wasn't, a, wasn't a good performance. Um, we, we came away empty-handed, albeit against the Blackburn side, riding high. You know, they were on a poor run as well. And I think the reason I mentioned Blackburn were on a poor run, I think that's a really prevalent point to make because every team in the top 10 has had a poor run. You know, Fulham had one, Bournemouth had one before they came here. Uh, Blackburn had one and then went on a great run. You know, Middlesbrough start the season poorly. Forest one point from seven games. So we're in that little run now. So, um, yeah, maybe a little bit disappointment around the, around the place. But let's put it into context. If you had said to me at the start of the season, going into March, we've got Cardiff on the fifth, you'll be in fifth position. Mm. Would you take that? I and probably every QPR fan would have took that. So... Um, so yeah, 12 games to go, big games, lots of points to play for. Let's get back on the horse hopefully on Saturday and uh, get as many points as we can. Take us into the, the dressing room as a what would be an experienced head in the dressing room. And we've got a good mix. We've got the younger lads who are getting plenty of game time now, the likes of Elias Chair, Chris Willock, but they're inexperienced in terms of what they've experienced in football so far. They're, they're still at the infancy of their careers, even though it feels like they've done so much already. But they're at the infancy of their careers then we've got the players with the greater experience, Charlie Austin, Albert Adoma, etc., Lee Wallace. What would the more experienced players be saying in that dressing room? Or, more to the point, what would you be saying if you were an experienced player in that dressing room right now? Because we've had that incredible run. It coincided with that Bournemouth, I don't know if you could call it a wobble, but we certainly closed the gap on second. Yeah. Everyone's like going, hang on a second. Yeah. Automatic, automatic is on. Yeah. And now we've had a more difficult set of results. What do the experienced heads say? What will they be saying? Well, they've been there, seen it and done it. They've seen these sort of situations time and time again. 
And I think it's really important that you keep sort of level. You don't get too ahead of yourself when you're going well. Mm. And we were going very well. And you don't get too down in the dumps. You don't become a good side overnight. And you don't become a bad side uh, in one game or two games or whatever. So, uh, you know, we're a really good side. We've got a good squad. We're just having a dip. And you pick our performances up individually and collectively. Need a little bit of rubber the green, you know, when you're when you're not getting results, things seem to go against you. You know, deflected goals, uh, sending off goes against you, uh, a chance missed, etc. But uh, you know what? Had a fantastic 2021 on the whole. We had a great uh, January. February hasn't been very kind to us, mm -hmm. but I still believe we're a good side. We're right there in the mix. We've got some big games coming up, but maybe that's what we need. We need to, um, and I'll go back to what I said, start the season, 12 games to go. Would you take in fifth? Yes, because we've got a chance. Um, I think the difficulty is we've been in that top six all year. Mm. And when you have a little wobble, um, people tend to think, well, could we miss out here sort of thing, you know? We've just got to focus on ourselves. People go, oh, these are playing that team and this are playing. We've got to go here just one game at a time. One game at a time. Let's get prepared for Saturday. Let's get out there, get the crowd involved. Let's have a great performance and let's see if that gets us three points. When you say there's people that go, oh, they're playing them and they're playing them, you're talking about me, aren't you? I'm talking yeah. about me as well. <laughs> <laughs> and Andy Evans coming to you. We'll talk about Community Day in a moment, of course. It's a, a big calendar, big day in the calendar for QPR and QPR and the Community Trust. But in terms of on-field matters right now, as a lifelong Ars fan, how are you feeling at the moment? At the start of this season, it was core. Cool. Can we knock on the door of the playoffs? And it feels like we've been in there pretty much for the season. And there was that excitement and who knows what, what's come over the, the next couple of months, but started to knock on the door of top two. And then you look and see how close it is. I mean, down to 11, 12, 13, can, can argue that they've got a chance. How are you feeling as a, a QPR fan heading into the, uh, the climax of it? Well, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, that's for sure. Um, I think on reflection of the season, I've actually enjoyed it. I mean, I, I really enjoy watching us. I think we play uh, an attractive brand of football. You know, we've got a few offensive players who get you out of your seat and excite you. Um, I really like the look of the group. They, you know, they look like that together. You've seen it on occasions when, you know, we've got a winner or a, a, late, a late winner or an equaliser, you know, you can see people coming off the bench and celebrating. So, you know, just looking and watching it, you can see there's real togetherness there as well. Um, agree with everything that's been said, you know, if you had offered us this position at this point in the season, we'd have all been delighted. Yeah, without that, I mean, you certainly would take this. I mean, life was a lot easier though, when we were like 12, 13, 14, <laughs> and it didn't, feel like it ruined your weekend so much if results didn't go well. Whereas now, because I mean, I'm absolutely good with it, I don't know if you guys are as well, at the end of the game, you're looking to see, well, how did this team get on? How did that team get on? And you're thinking, well, had that have happened, we'd be here. And if that didn't happen, we'd be here. But since to, to be going into this final two months and there is so much riding on it and there is so much excitement, as players, it's... It's what, where you want to be, it's isn't it? Be. It's what you work for, it's what you train for. Let's face it, in the last three, four, five years, we've got the middle of March and there was pretty much nothing to play for. And there's been a couple of seasons where we actually looked over our shoulder. Mm -hmm. So uh, 
you know, let's give everyone credit for what's been done on and off the pitch to get us into this position. Yeah, we're having a little bit of a indifferent period of time, but we'll come out of that. It's just how quickly we can. Let's hope it's Saturday. Believe in the players. Crowd have been absolutely tremendous home and away since being allowed back into the stadium. And they have got a massive part to play in the remaining 12 games, home and away, starting on Saturday. Because sometimes it's easy to support your team when things are going well. The, the team, the manager, the club, they need to support even more when you're in this sort of little period. And they can pull you through. They've been tremendous here a couple of times after an hour. They're visibly, or it's been visible that they've sensed the players needed them. Uh, and the, the volume has gone up and we're going to need that from the off on Saturday. So uh, uh, I'm like Andy, um, you know, I'm really excited of what lies ahead. Football, roller coaster, emotions from one game to the next. Sometimes during a game, what you get, what you get and what you come away with. But uh, now we've done well and we've got it all to play for and all to look forward to. And uh, yeah, put your seatbelt on and buckle up. <laughs> and the, the Blackpool game was probably a prime example of um, the fans really getting behind the team because we went 1-0 up and we looked fairly comfortable and John Sanderson gets sent off and you felt right from the start of the second half the fans knew yeah. there was a, a a job to be done by the players on the pitch and by, by the fans off it. It was a, it was a great atmosphere, wasn't it? Yeah, it's Loftus Road or the Kyan Prince Foundation Stadium at its very, very best. You know, when we can, when the fans decide they're really going to get behind the lads here, it can, can make such a difference. And I think you're right, you know, once the sending off happened, I think it sort of galvanised everybody on the pitch and off to say, right, you know, let's really come together here and see what we can get out of the game. And turning to briefly then on, on Blackburn, it's the, it's the fine margins, isn't it? Like we've said, Mark Warburton was very honest afterwards. We had chances, but so did Blackburn. And you couldn't really argue that the result was unfair in Blackburn winning the game. I think on the day, you know, we've we got to be totally honest, I think Blackburn were the better side. Um, but they started the better, they had the two opportunities early on. Senny makes a good save, does ever so well from uh, uh, the, the wide player who went on to score the winning goal. But uh, for about 15 minutes just before half-time, I thought we came into the game. Albert's chance, you know, was a brilliant passage of play from the team. You know, the way we carved them open, credit to their goalkeeper. Um, and there wasn't that much in it in the second half, actually. And unfortunately, you know, they score from, a, I think, 99 times out of 100. David will probably save that. And I think he'll hold his hands up. He's been superb since he's came. So uh, there's no And he was superb that. after that yeah, as well, and, wasn't he? And it? recovered. And that's a sign of experience and being able to put it behind you. Um, so uh, it was just one of those games, you know. But in, if you're looking at the 90 minutes performance, no, that wasn't us. But we regroup. Had a week on the training ground see what we get Saturday. How important is that week? Because it, it sort of yeah. always seems to be, look, managers are different. There's no right way or wrong way, but some managers are very involved in the training on a day-to-day -day basis. Other managers, less so. Mark Warburton is certainly of the former. He's very involved in the training sessions throughout the week. And when there are midweek games, there, there isn't the opportunity for him to, to have that preparation over the course of a week and, and to work on the final details. A, I think does it make a big difference? Of course it does. You make a really good point, actually, because when the games come Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Wednesday, you know, a lot of the time you're, you're patching up, you're, you're recovering, you're, people will have bumps and bruises. So you get your training sessions, but you can't do exactly 
what you want to do. There'll be a lot of stuff done in the uh, the media room, you know, the uh, the analysis room, planning for the opposition that you're going to play, looking back at your own performance, how you're going to improve, what you're going to have to do to um, improve, how, you, how can you hurt the opposition, what's the opposition's strengths, weaknesses, etc., etc. So when you've only got a couple of days to cram all that in, plus deal with injuries, bumps, bruises, sickness, illnesses, mm. um, you know, sometimes you feel for managers a lot of people will say well that's why you've got a big squad and yeah i get that as well but um now so in a roundabout way answer your question i think this week will have done the lads and mark and his coaching staff the power are good you know maybe uh i haven't got a clue what the week's been but maybe a, a day earlier in the week where they got off just to to recover because let's face it, if you look at the last week we played blackpool on a wednesday night mm. Then we've got an early kickoff up in Blackburn, you know. So after Blackburn, you've got the emotion of winning the game. You're probably in on the Thursday, cooling down, whatever. You're on a coach or a train on Friday for an early kickoff, a long journey back. So, um, so just the time to settle down, regroup, refocused. This is where we are. This is what's got us to where we've got to. We are a good side. Come on, let's start producing again as the as the final running comes. We'll return to on the pitch regarding Cardiff City shortly, but in terms of off the pitch and the work around it, now normally with QPR and the Community Trust, there's loads to talk about, but the Trust seems to have gone to another level entirely over the past, well, I suppose over the last couple of years with the pandemic and the challenges that's posed, but more recently, in recent months, there's so many things that, that have, have gone on. Firstly, before we talk about the detail of what's happening on Saturday, as CEO of the Trust, who's been there from the very start to what it's become now, how proud are you of that growth? I, I personally, I am proud, but I think um, you know that 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 recognition needs to be shared with so many other people, um, right from the owners of the football club here at QPR, who've been immensely supportive, as well as our board of trustees which Mr. Sinton here is, is one of those who's been fantastic supporting us. Um, and then, you know, most importantly of all, we've got a workforce of, of 100 now. They're, they're the ones going out there every day into this community that we're, we're overlooking here. Um, so, you know, these are, these are staff that care deeply about what they're doing. They care about what they're delivering in the community. So. I'm very, very proud of, I'm, I'm proud that I'm able to lead that group of people. Um, and I suppose that they would fall under the Unsung Heroes banner, but there are six unsung heroes who will be um, acknowledged on Saturday against Cardiff. Just tell us who they are and, and why they're being acknowledged. Um, we've, got, we've got a real range of, of individuals who are joining us. We've got uh, Nick Baker, who's he's, he's up to about his... 40 plus marathons he's, he's run, he's a QPR fan, uh, raising money for cystic fibrosis. Uh, we've got Frank Lamptey who has been in and around this community for many, many years. Um, Frank runs um, a basketball club called Westside Rangers, which we clearly support and have done for a number of years. He does amazing work with young people. Um, Tom, who most QPR fans who stood in the loft uh, all the years ago, We'll know Tom, the steward that's always been around and you know, has been a key part of this community here at QPR for many, many years. This is uh, 56 season, isn't it? It is. Steward. It is. So do you remember him as a player? When, I do, yeah. yeah? yeah, yeah so yeah. I've seen a picture yeah. of him having a bit of banter with Phil Parks when yeah. Phil Parks was in goal at the time. You think, that is a, that is a stretch. 
and you know what uh, just to reiterate what Andy's saying um, that's what makes our club special mm. that's what we're all about you know you've got someone there that's supported the club worked for the club helped the club for 56 years seen all sorts of things happening during that sort of time and he's still here doing his bit brilliant Absolutely. Sorry, I cut you off there. No, just unfortunately with Tom, Tom's just had a, a knee replacement. So we're, we've, we've had a conversation earlier today and I think it's going to be difficult for Tom to actually join us on Saturday. But we'll, we'll certainly mark his award uh, when he's well enough to do so. Uh, we've got another, another lady called Meleza who runs a, a fantastic project uh, here in White City for, for women in the community. And she, used, she uses art and painting um, to, to bring women together. Um, and then Angela Pack, who's a Q, lifelong QPR fan, played for QPR women's team uh, back in the day. She's representing all the, all the carers uh, that do such a fantastic job that goes unseen. Uh, she's been caring for her, her mum, uh, Mary, uh, since she had uh, a stroke. And then lastly, um, we've got Mick Geraghty. Uh, Mick's been fabulous for us. He's, he's helped us uh, build our QPR walking football team. Uh, he's got his own program up in Uxbridge called the Uxbridge Amblers. Does loads of work around dementia uh, for dementia groups. Um, and he's a very worthy recipient as well. Excellent. Worthy recipients, as you say. And when you look back over the, the last couple of years, I guess, I would imagine you're pr proud of all the projects that, that have been put on. But, the, the recent one with um, Dottie Reese and Mick was a, a part of that and has assisted in, in the fundraising there. Dottie, a five-year-old who unfortunately has an inoperable brain, brain tumour and QPR Trust have, have gone to incredible lengths to, to support Dottie. We have and, you know, seeing Dottie here at the game recently and seeing her on the pitch and uh, her whole attitude when you, you, you think about what she's going through, you know, it makes us all uh, think about our own attitudes. Um, but it all came about through uh, a meeting that we had um, a few months back with Bianca Austin, uh, Charlie Austin's wife, and as a result of that, Bianca, along with a number of the other wives and partners of the players, um, they, they, they said they wanted to sort of help in the local community, identify a few programs that they wanted to fundraise for, and Dottie was one of them, and obviously they've, they've all climbed up Mount Snowden uh, this week. Um, and, have, and have raised an incredible amount of money. Um, in addition to that, um, Bianca and the wives and partners, they also raised some significant funds for us also ahead of Christmas, where we was able to take a group of uh, sick children, local sick children, and we managed to get Hamleys to their cells for a morning. And they all got a voucher to spend as well, and they had the run of Hamleys for the whole morning. And that's all down to the players' wives and partners. So they've raised, they've raised 57,000 pounds in under a year. Um, so, you know, the, the Christmas appeal and now the work with, for Dottie, you know, it's, uh, it's a phenomenal achievement. It really is. Um, in terms of Bianca Austin, uh, Victoria Dykes, have, have you ever known for players' wives and partners to become so embedded in what a club does in the community? Certainly not in all my time here, and, and I think it's a really good uh, sign of where we are as a club, how connected it is throughout the club, and you know, we talk about community a lot, but community seems to run you know, throughout the club, right through to the players' partners now as well. 
So it's been fantastic. But I do need to single out Justin Stone in, in, in the trust team as well. Justin has worked, you know, really closely with with the players' wives and, and their partners. And, um, you know, he, he put an incredible amount of work into the, the trip to Snowden and, and the Hammies event. And so it, well done, Justin. Absolutely. And in terms of um, that trek up Mount Snowden, the original target was £5,000. Um, that has since been increased to £40,000. And as we sit here this afternoon, the, the total is currently at 38000 So very near to that £40,000 target. If you're yet to donate, or perhaps you already had and would like to donate a little bit more towards Dottie and her ongoing care, you can do so. Just Google Dottie QPR and all the details are there for a very special little girl who has been incredibly brave. And like you say, Andy, really helps or makes us all put into perspective what what we tend to moan about on a day-to-day -day basis. And talking of moaning, I, I, there's, there's no link to come to you when it comes to moaning because you you're not one that does moan. Um, but on Saturday, it's Cardiff City here. There's, there's no disguise in the fact that recent results have, have been disappointing, largely because the run of results prior to that were, were so, so good. Um, but if you're the manager, Mark Warburton, looking at this game, what is your final message to the QPR players before they go out? Because he, he was asked recently about perhaps making changes and he said, well, hang on a second. This is the group of lads that have got us into this position. Surely we should have trust and faith in this group of lads to, to get back on track, if those are the right words. What would your final message to your players be? Believe in yourself, trust yourself and go and impose yourself. And we've done that for a quite considerable period of time and I'm talking about you know the, the start of 2021 it hasn't just happened over and I think that's what expectation rose because of the way we finished last season you know the pre-season games where we beat Man United drew with Leicester etc started this season really really well so that's happened over a, a, a long period of time I'll say what I said 10-15 minutes ago I think we are a good side when we're at it so yeah had your week in the training ground think about what's got us to where we are believe in yourself trust yourself and go and impose yourself on this game. And if we play anywhere near our capabilities, this is just my opinion, I think we're good enough to win the game. You said a couple of times there, believe in yourself. Mm -hmm. Is it belief that can take a hit makes a big, in a player? Makes when, a big when difference. Confidence, confidence um, individually, um, runs through the team. You know, Sometimes if you concede a goal and things aren't going your way, here we go again. You know, Individually strikers, they get into positions and they'll They'll miss a chance. The important thing is get in there again. And if need be, miss another one. Because yeah. you won't keep missing them. Uh, sooner or later, one will come off your knee. You'll get a deflection. Uh, and that could be the, the turning point for you and for the team. So, uh, so yeah, I'm not... And there's no, no dramas. We're on a poor run. But every team's had them. We're in it at the moment. Let's get out of it. Saturday gives us a great chance. And as I say community day let the community come together let's get the fans involved let's get the fans supporting the team let's get three points fingers crossed um you'll be up in the gantry above the uh in the ellisley road stand for uh qpr against cardiff in your qpr plus co-commentary duties so with that in mind i know you like to do your preparation with that in mind where's the the real threat from cardiff city i mean at cardiff people uh, i think a lot of fans whatever club you support you make the mistake of looking at the league table. And I know Cardiff won midweek, another good win, uh, 18th in the table. So if you look at the league table, many people will come here and just look at the league table and think, you know, 
This is a game QPR should be winning. Uh, if you look at Cardiff, I think they've had a disappointing season, but they've got a good squad of players. They've won five of the last nine. Uh, the games they've lost uh, have only been by the odd goal uh, recently, so they're, they're tight, they're in every game. So just like every game, there's not a, if someone says to me there's an easy game in the championship, I will have an argument with them. There's no easy games. You need to be bang at it. You need to be right on point. Um, you might need a little bit of luck. But first of all, you have to get your own performance right. If you do that, you give yourself a great opportunity to, uh, to win the game. It's a tough game, but I'm backing the lads to get three points and get us back on track. Fingers crossed. Um, Andy, coming to you for Community Day, what would you like to see from the supporters towards the unsung heroes that will be, be out on show? What, what I normally expect of the QPR faithful, I mean, you saw when Dottie went on the pitch, you saw when Felix went on and rang the bell, you saw the reception they get, and I've no doubt the QPR fans will, once they see, uh, read about the unsung heroes and hear about what they've done in their local communities, I've, I've no doubt they'll get the warmest of welcomes that they, that they, that they deserve. And in terms of you, how much are you looking forward to Saturday's game? Not only as um, CEO of QPR Trust, but as a QPR fan. And it's, it seems to be, and maybe it's just me, it seems to be with each game that passes, the next one becomes more important and more important. Well, I, I went down with COVID a few weeks ago and it meant that I missed the uh, Barnsley defeat and the Millwall defeat. So I'm just saying. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, you I'm in back. The building. I you can't there, play. So I'm hopeful <laughs> that I might, might bring a little bit of luck to the lads on Saturday. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, and who are the key players from QPR's perspective? Because it'd be interested to get your thoughts on, um, particularly Jeff Hendrick. He, he's coming obviously on January deadline day. And um, what are your thoughts on the impact he's had so far? Well, Jeff's a good player. He's a quality player. You've only got to look at his CV, his, his record. You know, 68 times he's represented his country, played at the highest level, experience which could be vital going into this stage of the season with everything that it, that it throws up. You know, you've only got to listen to the commentary to, to hear how much I rate Chris Willock and Ilias Chair, two of the younger players who um, have absolutely been exceptional and are, are huge assets to our football club and we're certainly a better team when they're playing. Um, so yeah, but as a collective, I'll say it again, I don't want to sound boring, but I believe we're a good team. Uh, we've shown we're a good team, and um, I'm looking forward to Saturday. How do you think um, Chris Willock and Ilias Jair in particular have handled the, the growing pressure associated with their, their role within the team? I think they've handled it great. I think there's a sign of maturity. I think they're both getting better and better and better. Um, you know, you look at Chris um, and hats off to behind the scenes, the recruitment team and uh, and Les and Lee and the board for backing that, you know, because I'm sure there was a couple of eyebrows raised when we went and signed Chris. No one had really, everyone had heard of him, but, um, and you've seen over the period of time how influential he's become. Ilias over the last couple of years has um, gone from strength to strength. What I like about them as offensive players, they're now both adding numbers to the game. What do you mean by numbers? Involved with assists and goals. Um, so long may that continue, um, but no, very influential, but they're not just the only two. You know, what's behind them defensively, I think we've really, really tightened up as well. Um, so yeah, we've just got to, as I say, believe in ourselves, refocus, regroup, 12 game season. We're in a great position, all to play for. Is that how you see it now? Break it into a, it's a 12, 12 game 12 season? Game season.
yeah, 100%, you know, I think I did my research the other day, I think from a 10th to 3rd, there's, there's eight points separate, eight teams. Hmm. You know, you, you have a good month and you're right in there with a great chance. You have a bad month and you'll slip out. You know, uh, Huddersfield, no one's really mentioned them. The 15, 16 games unbeaten. And that's why they're third. Blackburn had that incredible run where they won about eight on a row until they beat us. They hadn't won for five and hadn't scored a goal and lost their main striker. So that's the ups and downs, the twists and turns, the roller coasters of emotions. We're all going to go through <laughs> 12 game season. Bring it on. Andy, Coventry are 10th. They're five points behind us with a game in hand. They're in 10th place. You get the feeling that they're, like you've just alluded to, plenty of twists and turns. There are going to be a lot of twists and turns over the coming weeks. You're now are you scared. ready you're for now scary, you? The more you're I talk about it, the more nervous I get. I don't recall being this nervous back in 13-14. I think because it was a long period where we felt we're not going to make two, we are going to make the playoffs. But because it's so tight here, you think you couldn't say categorically the top two are out, but you also couldn't categorically say we're making the playoffs. It's Everyone's, all up in the air. Everyone, you know, like you say, you know, quite far down that league table there, that everyone's got a chance. You just got to get yeah. on a really good run. Yeah. Why can't that be us? Make sure we. And stay we play in. some of the teams. You know, we go to Luton. We play Forest. We got Sheffield United to play twice. We got Sheffield United to play twice. We got to go to Huddersfield. Mm. Bring it on. And the thing is, you start watching those games. My wife said to me the other day. I preferred it when you were 14th or 15th in the table. And I said, why is that? And she said, because we wouldn't be sat on a Friday night watching Huddersfield be stuck. But it, it gets like that, doesn't it? Yeah, every game matters. Every point is huge. Don't underestimate any point you can gain. Sometimes you look at games and think we've dropped two points there, but that might be the point. Middlesbrough is a mm. prime example. Now, Middlesbrough, I felt on the night, were better than us. Um, so we take a point as disappointed as you might be with just a point at home, that might be the point that gets you to where you want to get to. So uh, every point, every game matters. Okay, well, fingers crossed. Well, the good thing is that us three can't go grey over this. <laughs> That's the good thing. So focus on those positives. That's the important thing. Thanks for joining us this afternoon as we look ahead to Saturday and QPR's Community Day. You've been watching All About Ours. <laughs>